0: student pastors talk about stuff that matters. I'm Dakota. And I'm Kyle. Kyle, it's it's been a little while since we recorded. It has been, because it's all your fault. <laughs> oh, it's my fault. It is
1: all your fault. Because, because I, I went on vacation. You went on vacation, and everyone knows that student pastors are not allowed to go on vacation.
0: Well, you want to know something funny? I do. I went to the beach.
1: You did go to the beach, and that is hysterical.
0: <laughs> did you enjoy the beach, Dakota? I did, and um, in, in the weather actually ended up being really good, so... Did you
1: go into the
0: ocean? I did go into the ocean. You did, the scary ocean that can kill you. Okay, you ready for this? Yes. Okay, so I, we took Crosby, Crosby's my son, we took him down to the water, and he thought it was awesome, and he played in it and all that stuff, but the way. he were, just doesn't know any better yet. Right, and sand. <sighs> I'm telling you, but um, the waves were actually really big for the Outer Banks. Like, really, like I'm not used to seeing the le- legitimate. I'm not super tall. I'm like five seven. However, the waves were literally over my head when they were breaking at the <laughs> at the farthest point. So, so you
1: I'm, were about ten feet into the ocean.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I went out there. On the Saturday that we were there, which um, was really nice. It was like high 70s. So I was like, I'm just going to go and actually get in. And I walked out and I got absolutely pummeled by a wave. (laughs) And I still have water in my ear from it. And it's been like five days. Oh, wow. So, but we went to the beach. It was great. We ate some good food and things like
1: that. That is the best part about the beach is the food.
0: Yeah. I mean, seafood, just where it's at. I
1: love seafood. And there are some... Uh, absolutely amazing seafood places everywhere you go. It doesn't matter where you go on the beach. Uh, It could be in the Gulf of Mexico, the Atlantic, the Pacific, whatever. If it's on the
0: beach, it probably is fantastic. Except for one place that we went. It was terrible. Oh, no. Oh, Oh, it was horrible. I wrote a pretty aggressive Yelp review. Oh, my goodness. You're (laughs) a Yelper? Yes. I would love to be an elite Yelper, but Yelp hasn't given me that status yet.
1: Oh, my goodness. How many Yelp reviews have you done?
0: know probably like 30 or 40
1: 30 or 40 i'm not certain i've eaten at 30 or 40 different places seriously i i don't know we 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 are creatures of habit we end up eating at a lot of the same places over and over
0: again yeah i mean we do that here but if something new opens like we go to it and sure if whenever we go places that's really when i do my reviewing is when we go to a new place gotcha um just because you know i i don't want to be too hard or so you base a lot of stuff off of first impressions um yeah except when we go to a new place we really hang out on the appetizer menu a lot so that we <laughs> can get like so it's it, so that we can try several a different smorgasbord mm-hmm. of borg of food that's a good way to get a metric on if a restaurant is good because then you can try several different things which are gonna be smaller versions of a lot of what they have on the dining menu so gotcha. um just uh, you know, some food for thought there. Next time you go to a restaurant. <laughs> so it's not the question of the day, but I feel like
1: I should ask it because it came up in conversation. What is your favorite seafood?
0: Um, my favorite seafood, like just fish in general, or shellfish, or are you talking about a meal? You're making this way more complicated than <laughs> than I. Intended. I mean, I really like crab. Crab is good. Crab is very very. Do you have good. a favorite crab? Um, I like snow crab a lot, yeah. but I really love she crab soup. It is fantastic. Hold on,
1: she crab. Yep, That's as what in it's like called. as in girl crab. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is there a he crab soup? Uh, not that I'm aware or th- of. Or a they
0: crab soup? Not I don't... that I'm aware of. Okay. What is what is she crab soup? So it's just lump crab meat. Um, okay. And then you put that in. There's some uh, sherry wine in that okay. that it's cooked with, uh, heavy cream. It's really bad for you. Oh, I'm but sure. But it is delicious. Well, most most things that
1: are really bad for you are delicious and vice versa.
0: And almost every time we ever go to the beach in general, my wife always gets it, but nowhere had it this time. Really? So I have to I actually have to go and get some crab meat and make it gotcha. at some point very soon. So maybe maybe we'll invite you over and you can experience it. That would it. be fantastic. <laughs> I've never had she crab soup.
1: I've had crab cakes. I love crab cakes. Yeah, those are good. I just love crab in general. Seafood is just way better on the coast.
0: Oh yeah, it's fresher
1: for sure. So all right, now here's the real question of the day, Dakota. Um, because I, it, it, this is what we wrote in the show notes. And it, the show has gone a different direction so far. Christmas is coming up. Yep. When this episode drops, it's going to be the middle of November. And so I want to ask you, when is it okay to start celebrating Christmas? Do all the decorations, Christmas movies, Christmas music, all that stuff. When is it okay to start celebrating Christmas?
0: Well, I... Okay, Now I think that you can start buying gifts early. I think that if you're going to start buying gifts, like go for that, like avoid the crowds, like make it to where you're done. I'm totally okay with that. I even think that in November you can start watching Christmas movies. Um, define when in november i'm curious yeah you know, like mid november because
1: some people some people are going to argue the whole thanksgiving thing like you cannot celebrate anything
0: christmas until thanksgiving yeah, happens i don't know that that's necessarily true when it comes to the movies because there are so many christmas movies and in addition to that like i don't know of too many thanksgiving movies right so <laughs> like, uh, uh, was not there like a charlie brown thanksgiving I, I, special I, I or I something literally don't know i, I don't know
1: either <laughs> But you know, my point being, I Charlie think you Brown could start. And the big fat turkey.
0: I think you could start watching some Christmas movies um, a little bit early. Uh, but we don't start decorating and really getting into things. I don't want to listen to Christmas music until the day after Thanksgiving. Man, there are some
1: people who will listen to Christmas music in July. Yeah. I've had assistants who've done that before. I've walked in in the middle of July. And I th- there's been Christmas music playing on the radio and like specifically
0: because it was July. I you know, okay, so those of you who do that, um, I, I love you, but that's just too much. That's <laughs> just too far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you gave the whole I love you, but you yeah. know? <laughs> I love I
1: love you, but you're a terrible person. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I, I'm more of a proponent of decorating and uh, start listening to music the day after Thanksgiving. Sure. Because here's the thing, there is not that much Christmas music. And it gets old real Have fast. Have you
1: ever listened to Christmas music before?
0: Yeah, it's all the
1: same thing over and over. Like, multiple different versions. We've got, we've got like, you know, InSync's version of a song and Backstreet Boys' and version, of and <laughs> version of a song. And they're not all good. DJ Khaled's version of a song. I don't my. know if he has one. <laughs> I but don't think so. That would be funny, you know? DJ Khaled does Little Drummer Boy. Stop. <laughs> Just, uh, out of control, or, or we could do Kanye's version of. He's got a Christmas album that's supposedly coming out. That really? would be. I, I, don't, I don't know. He he. uh Wasn't the the album that he just did? What was it called? Jesus is King. Jesus is King. Yeah. I think it was like something like he he had teased Jesus it is born Jesus is born. <laughs> 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 something something like that. I don't know. I'd be would be interested. You know, to hear. You know.
0: Something about Jesus being born in a Chick-fil-A or something. I That's don't know. hilarious. That's really good. But, again, just to kind of wrap that question up, I, I'm I'm a proponent of really jumping into all the Christmas festivities the day after Thanksgiving. That's when we put our Christmas tree up. Yeah, same, like same with us. So we put
1: our Christmas tree up the day after Thanksgiving. We try to. I really try to buy as many presents as possible on that Thanksgiving weekend. Not because, you know, you know, I mean, the deals, the, the deals are great. The, you know, the, I, I don't like going places. I'm always going to do online stuff. Um, you know, when I when I purchase, because I'm not going to fight the crowds. And every year, there's always some kind of news story about how someone died, mm-hmm. you know, or lost an eyeball or an arm, you know. My doing... dad. Your dad lost an arm?
0: No. He always <laughs> goes Black Friday shopping. He, he always... That... He he thinks it's awesome. Does he really? Oh yeah. Him he, and my he thrives my on the chaos. Yeah, him and my sister just love doing it. I don't. I like the deals, but I don't I don't do it. They're I don't not, are they they're not doing it this year, right? Oh, I have no idea. I don't think I they're doing it this year it. because of COVID.
1: Oh, how about I that? I think that it's just I gonna you, be online. I'll I bet you online's just gonna get hammered. Yeah, nobody's internet's gonna work. I was one of those early adopters of online shopping.
0: Oh, so you're a trendsetter, huh?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Everyone follows what I do. Um, they 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 ask themselves, "What would Kyle do?" and then they do that.
0: What did, What did you say about the sweaters the other day? Oh yeah,
1: I was. Uh, we were we were trying to come up with uh, sweatshirts that people would wear, and I, I looked at it, and you know, in my mind, I always go, "Would Robbie Johnson wear this to know if it's cool or not?" And I and I, you know, when it comes to clothes you know when you're trying to decide if something will look good on you, Robbie Johnson is what you want to look like when you put it on. <laughs> I am what you really look like when you put it on. <laughs> That's really funny. But I always do my I always do my shopping in in November around Thanksgiving number 1 because I'm on vacation and I have time to think about it, and number 2 I absolutely hate last minute stressful Buying presents for people before Christmas. I want to rest. I want the presents to be under the tree as long as possible to kind of create that hmm. that that scene. You yeah, know,
0: Christmas trees with nothing under them doesn't look real good.
1: No, of course, of course. So I just like having presents under the tree for as long as possible. And and actually, I'm weird. I do all the wrapping in my house too. I I do most of the buying. I, I do, do most not. of the wrapping. <laughs> I am but like you know gifts are my love language so i love christmas from that standpoint because i get to buy gifts for people and and it's just great
0: well we will continue talking about christmas in a later episode i can't remember which episode it is but it will be an episode that drops on christmas eve and we will be discussing a couple of key points about Christmas, specifically um, whether or not as I think a, think it might be episode nine. Is it episode nine? Yeah. So I'm we'll be talking estimating. about uh, whether or not as a Christian parent, um, it's wise or okay to to celebrate and do the tradition of Santa Claus. So uh, we'll be tackling that later. Santa Claus is coming to town to come Yeah. <laughs> Um so but today He sees you
1: when you're sleeping Stop and he knows when you're it's awake
0: creepy and weird He um, knows
1: if you've been bad or good. No, he doesn't. So be good for goodness sake, Dakota.
0: So Kyle's gonna sing this whole song today. Um no uh so we're gonna jump into in the some previous episodes we've started kind of introducing and talking a little bit about as a student ministry what our mission and vision is and what how that impacts what we do, and why that's so important. So we're going to jump into a little bit more of that today. We're going to talk about a really key part of what we do as uh, student ministry here at Spotswood, uh, and a part of that is our three C's. So Kyle, uh, what are the three C's that we are talking about? So like you said, the three C's are very integral to what we do at
1: um, in the Spotswood Student Ministry, so much so that if you were to look at our logo... Uh, you would notice that the logo is built on three different Cs that kind of work their way out in a in a concentric circle sort of uh, sort of manner. Uh, but the three Cs stand for what we believe are the three most important relationships that any one person uh, can have. We believe. Uh, and we we want to see our students grow and experience life change in the context of three of these three specific relationships. Um, above anything else, their relationship with Christ, that's the most important thing in their life, most important relationship in their life. We want to see them grow in their relationship with the church. Uh, and we want to see them grow in their relationship with the culture. Now, let me say on the front end right now that I did not list family. In that, and some people are going to think, well, fa- of course, family is their most important relationship. Yeah, it's because it starts with an F. Because it starts with <laughs> an F, it doesn't. It doesn't fit. But the reason why we don't include family in this is because family fits within a different category depending upon the student. Mm-hmm, that's true. Um, so some of our kids, some of our students, their, um, their, their family, uh, they grew up in a Christian family. They grew up with uh, Christ honoring parents, and so. In, in many ways, their family would fall underneath the church banner. Uh, when we say church, what we mean is, is, is other people who are a part of the body of Christ. Okay. But some, some kids grow up in, like my mom, grow up in a family that is not Christian. And so in many ways, their parents would be would fall within the category of the culture. Mm-hmm. So what we like to do is instead of viewing it as the family as a relationship that we want them to experience life change within, we view the family as a strategy point mm-hmm. um, that we can leverage
0: to help kids experience life change in these three different areas. Yeah. So you mentioned the logo. Can you kind of explain the lo- what it lo- what the logo looks like? We can't. Maybe I'll post I'll post the logo on our um, on the spot Instagram page um, at, at some point when we do this when this episode drops. Um, But I'll post that so that everybody can see that and know what it looks like. But can you describe what the logo looks like and why it looks the way it looks? Sure. Um, So I mentioned the idea
1: of concentric circles. What I mean by that is that we've got uh, one C. Uh, Just imagine a circle with a a section cut out of it to make it look like a C. We've got one C in the middle. Uh, We've got one C that basically is drawn around it. And then another C that is drawn around it. Now that middle C is a little, looks a little weird because it's backwards. Mm -hmm. Um, That C is drawn with the opening on the left side rather than on the right side. And then that C in, uh, that second C that's drawn around it, the opening is on the top. And then that last C, the opening is to the right. And so what we like to say is that middle C the, the one that's backwards, represents Christ. And so we're not saying that Christ is backwards. Uh, we're not saying that following Christ is is a backwards way of living your life. But what we are saying is that Christ meets us when our life is backwards. Yeah. Christ meets us when our life is going in the opposite direction. And he takes our life, and you'll notice if you were to look at where the openings of these seas are, Christ takes our life and he get turns it uh, 180 degrees so that it's walking in the correct direction. Yep. Um, so all of those openings, you know, the C that's pointing upward and then the C that's pointing to the right, uh, as the C's, as you as you progress outward, the openings actually are turned into a 180 degree. So that middle C stands for Christ, uh, and um, He just meets us when our life is... Uh, just going in the opposite direction, and he births repentance within our hearts.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Uh, I really like our logo. I think it's really, really good. Shout out to Evie, um, who does all of our graphic design. She's really great. Yep. Um, so uh, why, why is it that we look at these three things as relationships? Sure. Rather than just concepts or important things? Sure. Um... <laughs>
1: relationships, in many ways, are the foundation of spiritual growth. Um, when, when God created everything, He created everything in the context of relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, when God describes what our relationship with Him is like, He tends to use relational-type images. You, 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 th- you think about uh, God being our Father, all right, uh, God. Jesus taught us to pray "Abba, Father." That 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 term "Abba" in uh, in the original language is really a personal term, uh, akin to to daddy. Although I, I want to be really careful with that because I I it's a big pet peeve of mine when people pray "Daddy, God." <laughs> so please don't do that. Uh, please don't pray "Daddy, God" because. I will slap you upside the head.
0: <laughs> well, don't do it around Kyle, at least. <laughs> yeah,
1: don't do it around Kyle. I will, I will slap the daddy god out of you. Oh my! <laughs> uh, <laughs> sometimes I just say things to see how Dakota will react.
0: Oh, that was a that was a doozy. There,
1: <laughs> we're gonna edit that one out of the podcast. Nope, uh, probably not. Um, <laughs> So we say relationships are the foundation of spiritual growth because God created us to exist within the context of relationships. Mm -hmm. And when we want people to experience life change, we want them to experience life change in the context of relationships. God created uh, us to be in relationship with Him. Sin separated us from Him. We... Uh, Jesus died on the cross so that we could be reconciled with the Father that is th- those are relational terms um so we and when he created the church he created the church to be together to share life together to do life together so many of the commands that we have uh, to love other people um if, if you're to if you're to go to first Corinthians 13. And it describes what love is. You can't display what love is if you're not in relationship with other people. Um, and, and then we talk about the culture. The culture is other people. We need to teach our students how to interact with other people. Life change happens in the context of relationships. So that's why we. Uh, that's why we concentrate so much on teaching about life change in the context of relationships.
0: Yeah. Well, that's great, and I and I totally agree with all of that, and I'm excited that we are continuing to not modify, but improve on how we are implementing those things sure. into what we're doing as a student ministry. Um, but the life change, our, our mission is life change one step at a time, right? Mm-hmm. Because of Jesus, all of that. But with that, we say that the life-changing steps, the one step at a time happens within the context of these three relationships. Right. But what are those steps, right? Sure. So, yeah. So um, can you, we'll, we will dig into these later as we continue to break down our mission, vision, strategy, all of those things, but can you give us what those um, life-change steps are
1: real yeah. briefly? What we're trying to accomplish Uh, What we want to see God God accomplish is life change because of Jesus, one step at a time. Um, We need to understand just exactly what that life change looks like. Mm -hmm. So we actually have six life change goals in the context of these three core relationships. Um, Two for each relationship. So uh, for Christ, we want our students to believe in and become like Christ. We want them to become Christians. We want them to trust Him with every aspect of their life. And we want them to become more like Jesus. Um, we want our students to belong to and build up the church. This idea of breathing in, breathing out. We want them to belong, mm-hmm. but we want them to help other people belong by building them up mm-hmm. uh, in the church. And then we want people to, um, we want our students to develop a heart for and a defense against the culture. This uh, this idea of the image of a, a good doctor, uh, a, a bad doctor would see the sickness in the world and choose to do nothing about it for fear of catching the sickness. Yeah. But a, a, a reckless doctor would also go into the culture without putting on the necessary precautions, taking the necessary precautions to make sure that they don't get sick. We want to help our students take the necessary precautions uh, to, to, to prepare to go out into the
0: culture and help the culture experience Jesus. Yeah. I love that that word picture because I I always think of you know a couple years ago when the Ebola scare was happening Mm -hmm. um, and you saw tons of I mean now we've got people with masks on all the time because of coronavirus but back when the Ebola thing happened like all you saw on the news was clips of all these doctors wearing full-on hazmat suits like going all the way to the level but they were showing them in Africa, expo- being exposed to people with Ebola, right? Um, so I, I love that picture because it it really shows the, the drive for something that is worth it, but you're going to take the precautions so that you can accomplish it. Absolutely. Um, I'm really excited about when we get to walk through those um, life change steps because that is such a big part of what we do and why we do it. So... Um, we'll jump into that in next episode or two. We'll figure out some time to squeeze more of our mission and vision in because we want to exhaustively go through that. Absolutely. Um, But we, uh,
1: for now, we get to go back to spiritual disciplines for the Christian life. We took a break from this in our last episode while we talked about Bethel and Halloween and worship. Still nervous about that episode. Um, We'll see how people react to that. I I think it actually drops today.
0: Yeah, today as we're recording that, it will drop in about an hour. Or as we're recording this, the previous episode will drop in about an hour. But I just realized something, Kyle. What's that? I've literally been calling this book probably for years, spiritual dif- disciplines for a Christian life, oh, and it's for the Christian life. It's for
1: <laughs> the Christian
0: life. I literally, It's not said, just any old Christian life, <laughs> it's the Christian you, life. You said that, and I was like, wait, and I, I backed off the mic to look at my book to see if you were right, and you were right. Yes, yes,
1: we're gonna splice that that specific section of the podcast, you were right, and we're just going to play that over and over and over again.
0: Yeah, Kyle's forgetting that I'm the one that does that part.
1: So Uh, (laughs) Hush, hush. So we're actually in Chapter 4 of Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, and we have been, up until this point, we have focused primarily on Bible intake. We are now moving in to the chapter on prayer. So for our listeners uh, who might be new to Christianity um, or you know, might might be new to the idea of prayer. Uh, Dakota, would you define prayer for us and and talk about why we would consider prayer to be an important spiritual discipline?
0: Prayer—the easiest way that I can describe prayer—and the way I would probably tell a child about prayer is, prayer is our way of communicating to God. Right. Um. So. Think about a conversation that you're having with a person. The conversation on your end to that person is prayer with God. Because what God already has given to us is the conversation from His end to us through His Word. Right. So prayer is our response to that, um, to the Lord. And, you know, there's a whole lot more to it than that. Sure. (laughs) But that's probably, if I can, like... bring it down to the most simple thing it's us being able to converse with God because he's already spoken to us
1: and I think it's important for us to to think about it in terms of communication mm-hmm. because um, so often we think of prayer as being like the this way that we petition God for something you know he's like a genie in the lamp or mm-hmm. uh, it's like this this idea of of communicating with the divine. we don't think about it in relational terms we we think about it in terms of of um, I, you know trying to bend God's will to ours.
0: yeah, and I think that that's because we aren't. I mean, and Whitney makes this point over and over in this chapter. I think that that's because we're lacking in the primary spiritual discipline, which is Bible intake, right? And and even meditation to that point. Uh, and and the reason you know that this is an important spiritual discipline. I mean, Whitney says that it is second only to Bible intake, right? Um, and he makes his case for this on the basis that there is a crucial relationship between Bible intake and prayer. Um, he's basically saying that without Bible intake, your prayer life will be weak. Mm-hmm. And you're, without your prayer life, your Bible intake almost is incomplete. Right. You know, because he really talks about the idea of meditation being the fuel for your prayer. Right. And being what makes your prayer life more robust and more uh, intimate with the Lord, because then you're actually praying things from God's word and things that he has put in your heart and that he has influenced you and that, what he has said, you're praying those things, which in turn puts your prayers more in line with God's will. Right. Yeah.
1: This is, we think about a conversation. We're having a conversation right now, but if, if I did all the talking and you did all the listening, that's not a conversation. Mm -hmm. That's a, um, I'm, I'm, that's a lecture. Right. (laughs) So, uh, if you think about the Word of God as being God communicating to you, you think about you praying is you talking back to God more, most specifically about what He has revealed to you yep. in the Word of God, and He talks about this idea of meditation being the bridge between the two. That if you don't meditate, then you can't. Uh, then the then the two don't really. They're disjointed and they don't meet each other. Mm-hmm. Um, describe that a little bit more. Describe the importance of meditation and why, um, and, and, and just exactly how uh, Whitney talks about how that being so important.
0: Well, you know, Whitney again describes this as the second most important discipline in prayer because of the first being Bible intake, and you're talking about meditation, and meditation being where you think on the things that God has revealed in His Word. You, you ponder that, and you consider that, and you really try to understand better what God is saying. And the reason that that is so impactful to your prayer life is because when you're thinking about that, because the Bible says to pray without ceasing, right? Well, that can be super overwhelming and freak you out at first, because you're like, well, I don't know how I'm going to talk. I don't even talk to anybody continuously without ceasing. How am I going to do that with the Lord? Well, if you connect that to meditation, which meditation, yes, you are doing as you're reading God's Word, but also it is post-reading, it is something that you are continuously thinking on throughout your day. And if you are continuously meditating on those things, you can also continuously pray through those things. Because as God is revealing things to you through His Word as you meditate, that is when you are responding in the in the conversation through prayer. Does that make sense? Yeah, it
1: does. Uh, I was looking in the book to find a specific quote. Um... As far as like that idea of praying without ceasing goes, I think he says something in the neighborhood of think about your prayer less as an interruption in your day and think about your day as interruptions to your prayer. Yeah. Um, That's what it means to pray without to pray without ceasing.
0: Well, and I think it's really important for people to understand that prayer does not have to be. And I don't think that Whitney says this in the chapter at all. Um, he does mention having a plan several times, uh, which can lent, lend itself to this misnomer, which is prayer does not have to be something where you go into a quiet room, close the door, and get on your knees, and, and bow your head. Now, it can be that, and at times should be that. However, it does not always have to be that. You can be walking around. You can be driving your car. You Don't close your eyes and about your head when you're driving, uh, but you can be driving your car. Heck, I had a professor that all the time said that he didn't get out of the shower in the morning until his time with the Lord and prayer was done. Um, so he was praying while he was in the shower. And it's not something where you have to create this perfect structure and environment to accomplish praying, because when you have that in your mind all the time about prayer, you can't possibly pray without ceasing. Because you do have to live your life. <laughs>
1: right, right. So let me ask you this, Dakota. Why do you think so many people struggle to pray regularly or consistently?
0: Ooh, I mean, I'm going to speak from personal experience in some of this, but uh, I think that, that a big thing, especially when I talk to students, is they just don't know what to pray. Yeah. They don't know what to pray. And I really think that that comes from a lacking in their Bible intake. Yeah, Because, again, like we've said a couple times already, the book really is very repetitive in this chapter about meditation because of how important that is to your prayer life. Right, um, And if you're not doing that and if you're not hearing from God, how do you know what to respond back to God? Because a lecture can only go so long before you run out of things to say. Sure. But when there's a conversation happening and there's a give and take, you're feeding off of what God is sharing with you and and vice versa you're you're hearing more from him, and he's hearing more from you does that does that yeah, make- it does because meditation is the meditation is the vehicle
1: that we use to apply what we have just read to our lives. Because when we're meditating, we're meditating on not just what that passage means, but mm-hmm. we're meditating on how that passage impacts the, my life. And we're mm-hmm. asking God to show us how it impacts our life, and then we're praying back to Him as a result of that.
0: Yeah. I think another reason why people struggle to pray regularly or consistently would be that they just they don't know how to pray. Right. Um. And and I think yeah, that can be some of Bible intake, uh, sure. But I think that that's more a, a lack of discipleship. Um. That's a lack of being taught to pray because sure. it's not something that you just all of a sudden know how to do perfectly. Uh, it is something that is that is uh, takes growth, mm-hmm. that takes intentional development. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that when we have someone who is walking with us in that and helping us understand how to do that and modeling that for us, that's where we're going to really practically see how to do that. Uh, And then when we couple that with Bible intake meditation and practice on our own, I think that that's where we're really going to see that grow and become more consistent. Sure. Sure. And, and
1: Donald Whitney mentions the importance of having disciples in your life who do know how to pray, but you have to be careful that they're the right disciples. Correct. Correct. Because, you You can know, be taught the wrong thing. You can be taught how to <laughs> pray the wrong way. But on the flip side, uh, Donald Whitney really talks a lot about um, you, about you learning to pray by praying. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? Do you disagree with that?
0: I think there's some truth to that, in the same way that I think that you get better at reading the Bible by reading the Bible. But I don't think that that's the end all. Because, sure. listen, I mean, if if I just jump into something and I'm doing it the wrong way to begin with, but I just keep doing it... yeah. Do you think that I'm just suddenly one day going to be doing it the right way? Right. (laughs) Probably not. I think that there are probably cases out there where, yeah, sure, somebody all of a sudden one day figured out that they were doing something wrong and adjusted and, you know. However, I I think that that is a little bit of a stretch to say for anybody, just pray more and you'll get better at it. I think that you'll get a little more comfortable with it. And it will feel a little less awkward, which is kind of one of the things that I think people struggle with. Um, But, you know, I think a big thing, and this is something that I've struggled with in my prayer life at times, is that people don't necessarily think that the God of the universe wants to hear them. You think so? Yeah, I mean, because for me personally, I, I mean, I'm like, I'm really insignificant in compared to... If I compare myself to the God of the universe that created everything that I see and sustains my life and 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 has sent his son to die, like I realize that Jesus' death shows my significance to him, but I'm like, yeah, but don't you got better things to do than to listen to me? <laughs> you know like but that's what's crazy, and there's a quote that I know you're gonna ask me about quotes later, but uh, I'm gonna go ahead and share it now. He says. That uh, God will hear every part, and this is on page 66, God will hear every prayer of His children, even when our prayers are as weak as a snowflake. Oh, like that in itself really emphasizes how much God wants to hear from us. And we've actually said this several times before, is that God wants to hear us and listen to us more than we want to talk to Him. Right. Which, when I think about that even, then I'm just like, wow, I'm really convicted now. Like, you know, because I should want to engage with the Lord, and I should recognize through the evidence of God's Word that He wants to hear from His children. He wants to, and and I heard an analogy one time that God, we serve a God who has His feet up, uh, and that analogy is in reference to, like, you know, when somebody, you have a recliner, you just got one, actually. I did, yes. So, when you come home... And you see that recliner, you sit down in that thing, and what do you do? You kick, kick mm-hmm. back, throw your legs up, and you just kind of melt into it, right? Absolutely. And, and that is the universal signal for leave me alone. <laughs>
1: I'm <just> kidding. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Gosh. Well, you're just poking holes in my analogy. Here. Sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, but ahead. the concept is is that when you have your feet up and you're leaned back in your your lazy boy there, you are relaxed, right? Yes. You're chilled out. Well Put in your mind that God is relaxed when hearing every single prayer that is prayed at the same time, and He's able to He's He is capable of understanding, hearing, acknowledging, and answering every one of those prayers in the specific right way according to His will, and He can do it all with His feet up. Yeah, you know that's kind of in my mind, and that that really makes me step back and go, "Wow, we serve a really big God." Yeah,
1: I also think about it in terms of, you know, many times we view God uh, in, from a standpoint of being a king, and mm-hmm. He is. Yeah. Um, and when we, we come to His chair, the throne, we're bowed before Him. Right. A lot of times I t- try to think about God in terms of being a, my dad, my father, my, my daddy God. God uh, <laughs> um, and I think about my three-year-old daughter. And sometimes when I get home and I get in my chair, she comes up to me with with, with her iPad and she says, Daddy, will you hold me? And so uh, we just spend time together with her sitting in my lap and reclining in my chair. Mm-hmm. And I I think about that. I think about how much better my prayer life is because it's less about me trying to come up with the right words that will bend God to my... Wishes, and it's more about conversing with my father. Yeah, if that makes sense, and that's where I want to I want to push back a little bit and, and get your intake uh, and get your take on it. I mean, um, no one had to teach us how to have a conversation with our parents, sure, or how to have a conversation with our brothers or sisters or or friends or whatever. So why do you feel like we need So to to be taught how to converse with God?
0: Um, I think that that is because we're broken and we are sinful. Uh, And and that doesn't—I think that anybody can just have a conversation with God. But I don't think anybody can pray effectively without being taught. So would you say there's a wrong way to pray? Mm Mm-hmm. I think that so, like, because we're very, very easily jumping into things, like being selfish in our prayers, mm-hmm. um, being very routine in our prayers, mm-hmm. and then them not meaning anything to us. Uh, for instance, how many times have you sat down to lunch and been like, "Okay, let me pray real quick." Like, God bless this cheeseburger that is going to be really bad for yeah. me. Amen. You know, like, I don't think that that's a, an effective prayer. Sure. To be totally honest, and and I've caught myself doing that, and and I actually feel like at times I need to repent of that because I need to recognize who I'm talking to, one, and two, I need to be a little more sincere and understanding, like, I'm not asking God necessarily to bless something unhealthy to my body or healthy to my body. I'm thanking God for the fact that he's given me food to eat and provided that for me when other people don't have that.
1: Yeah, are you really thankful, or are you just going through a routine?
0: Correct, and I think that that would be an incorrect way to pray. I think mm-hmm. also, if you are if you didn't study for a test, but then you're like, God, um, I really need you to help me pass this test, I, mm, I don't think that that's really super good. And you've heard me say a couple of times where I'm like, you know, praying within the will of God, mm-hmm. meaning that if you're not reading God's Word and understanding what His will is then you're going to have a hard time praying within that will. Things like uh, for the needs of people, Mm -hmm. not necessarily yourself, not that it's bad to pray for your own needs, but also praying for people's salvation, praying for big things that you can't accomplish without the help of God, like being actually reliant on the Lord through your prayers. And I think that that comes from a recognizing of who God is, an understanding of who God is which you can get you get through his word and an understanding of what does it look like to do that well and i think that that's where we can see that through a modeling from someone else
1: yeah i i think i think it is important to to remember that even though it's a conversation there are certain ways even within our conversation with each other that we need to be taught, that's not okay. That's not okay to converse with other people. No one taught me how to talk with you, Dakota, mm-hmm. but I can talk with you the wrong way. Right. I can talk at you. I can use uh, mean language. Um, I can do all the talking myself and not listen. Mm-hmm. So um, I think there's a give and take Sure. when, with, when that is concerned. So um, we talked about this a little bit earlier. We... Uh, no one can see this, but we've been jumping all over our notes. I know
0: it's. I, I'm. I'm. I'm keeping up. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I
1: want to. I want to ask this question, even though we've talked about some of it already. What does Whitney say are the most effective ways to learn how to pray? We obviously we talked about meditating on scripture. We talked about being discipled by other people. Uh, what are some other ways we can learn to to pray?
0: Yeah, he breaks it down to three real quick things: meditating on scripture. Uh, which we've talked enough about. Um, Then he also says praying with others, which I actually think is a pretty unique one uh, that I didn't initially think about. Um, But in reference to working here with our staff, our pastoral staff who meets every Wednesday and prays together for a pretty good amount of time. Um, And we pray for one another. It's a little bit more intimate time. It's not necessarily just about church things. It's about us and growing together and being close with one another and praying with one another is a big deal because one, that's where you see prayer modeled by someone else. And two, that's where you also get the opportunity to pray aloud where others can hear you. And listen, if, if you end up praying something that's super like selfish and really not in line, um, then you're around people who you know you're safe with, who maybe can come over and say, hey, what's going on? You know? Yeah. How, how are you doing because I noticed this, and I'm concerned because of X, Y, and Z? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. And I think there's there's some people out there, especially students or even middle schoolers, that would say, I don't want to pray in front of other people because it's embarrassing. Right. You know, if I do it wrong, what are people going to think about me? And that's not really the right way of, of looking mm-hmm. at it, um, in, in much the same way that uh, we would say— um, in, in much the same way that in every area that we want to grow in, uh, we, we need accountability in. We need people who can po- tell us when something's going well and when something's not going well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if we're not praying in a way that is honoring to God in Scripture, when we do that in front of someone else who's a loving brother or sister in Christ, they can point that out in our lives, mm-hmm. and they can help us understand, you know, hey, I know you prayed... For this particular thing, I know you were you, you really wanted God to give you an Xbox, um, but let me ask you: Have you thought about how you can use that Xbox to uh, to honor the Lord, or is that just
0: a selfish desire? Yeah, that's really good. Um, so the other thing that uh, Whitney points out is reading about prayer. So he talks about looking at really intelligent people in the faith who have written books about prayer, and reading those and studying those. I think that that is great. I'm not in any way knocking that. However, I will say that that is a supplement. It has to be a supplement. It cannot be the end-all, be-all. And there are people who would say like yeah well I've read this about prayer and I've read this from you know Murray or I've read this from Spurgeon or whoever and this is what they said about prayer but they haven't actually seen what Jesus said about prayer <laughs> yeah. you know what or I mean? they
1: haven't actually tried to pray themselves correct and you know they I can a, I can learn how to play I can watch someone play guitar um but at some point in time I got to pick up the guitar and try to apply what I learned correct so so I think that that is good as long as it is a supplemental thing Um, So along those lines, are there any books that you think you might recommend or that that people generally
0: recommend about prayer? um, I I haven't read a ton of stuff specific to prayer, to be totally transparent about that. But one of the things that really... Well, you've read the most important thing, and that's the Bible. True. Uh, One of the things that really transformed the way i looked at prayer as a teenager when i had just become a christian was the book crazy love chapter sure, 1 yeah. chapter 1 and i'm not necessarily advocating for the whole book it's not a bad book but um chapter 1 the title is stop praying um <laughs> and, and so as a young christian like my youth pastor was like hey read this book with me we're going to do this together and i opened the book and i was like uh what is this And the reality was he was saying, stop praying so that you can start thinking about who you're praying to before you start opening your mouth. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and that radically changed the way I viewed prayer because I realized that I was doing what you were just saying. I was saying I want an Xbox, but not thinking in any way, one, who I'm talking to. And then when you think about Isaiah and his his vision and he of the seraphim and God and he what does he do he falls on his face and you see so many sure. times in the bible it says fear the lord fear the lord fear the lord yes he's your dad who who holds you and is comes and you come close to but you need to fear him sure. underst- which means to understand the magnitude of who he is and honor that yeah yeah, so. it,
1: it's it's a both and sort of. Mm-hmm. It's a both and sort of thing. So I think some some books that I would recommend, um, Andrew Murray's "With Christ in the School of Prayer" is is really great because it just takes individual passages on prayer and he teaches through them. Yeah, um, that's what I like that kind of book because it's so scripture focused. I think sometimes <laughs> books on prayer cannot be scripture focused, and that and that that can that almost feels like we're putting a weight on people's yeah. shoulders. Well, and
0: I also like it when like some there's some really good devotions out there, like devotional books that you walk through some scripture and then you pray in response to that scripture. I think stuff like that is really, really healthy and really helpful, yeah. especially for a young believer that isn't necessarily seasoned in, in their experience of praying and reading mm-hmm. the Bible.
1: I think George Mueller's autobiography uh, would be really good. Um, this is a guy who God did amazing things in his life and through his life, in many ways because of prayer. Um, I I like reading something like that because it actually shows how prayer was effective, mm-hmm. and not just the theory. Yeah. Of it, uh, and then finally, one book I would say um, is really short book, and it goes back to what we were talking about with scripture and Bible intake. It it was. It's called Praying the Bible. And and the same author, Donald Whitney, wrote it. It's a really small book, but it basically gives you a short sort of how to pray the Bible back to God. And mm-hmm. I, I just really love that. Cool. Um, so um we talked about this earlier, but what are some other quotes that you just found to be very meaningful from the from the Bible? Yeah. I mean, not from the Bible, from <laughs> Donald Whitney's book. Yeah,
0: so I, I picked out two. I know that you said that there's a bunch for you, but I just picked out two. Um, I'd already said the one on page sixty six, which says he will hear every prayer of his children, even when our prayers are as weak as a snowflake. And what he's meaning is he's referencing about when the radio waves go out. It's it it's the um, same amount of sound or pressure that a snowflake makes when it hits the ground, which is not much. Um, so that, that picture really impacted me a lot. Uh, and then page 71, which I think this is amazing. Meditation is the missing link between Bible intake and prayer. Yeah. Uh, because so often we think of them as separate things, as, okay, read your Bible and pray, not pray when you're reading your Bible, you know what I mean? Right. Um, and I think that that is a, a really big distinction, that needs to be seen as more of these things are intertwined rather than they're two separate things. So hey, take some time read your Bible and then go over here and take some time and pray about whatever's written in your notebook. No, what it, what would it look like to pray or to read your Bible and be meditating on what is being said and pray as you're doing that. Yeah, and he says, what I love about that is he says when you are meditating
1: on scripture, prayer almost happens naturally. Mm-hmm. It just kind of happens as a byproduct. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you're not having to think of what to pray. It just kind of happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would you say are the biggest takeaways for
0: our listeners, whether they're students or parents or leaders? Um, so for students specifically, I, I would say that praying and reading God's Word are not separate things. Again, um, and that they are intimately connected, and the health of your prayer life in so many ways hinges on the health of your Bible intake. Yes, And how, how you're reading Scripture and how you're hearing what God is saying, because again, it's a conversation and it's what you're responding to based on what God has said to you and, and spoken into your life and revealed to you. Uh, And as far as listeners who are parents or adult leaders who serve um, with teenagers, I would say that prayer is a learned thing. And for us to understand that when we're working with teenagers or even kids, that they're not going to get it right uh, first thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and that it is okay for us to guide them in that. And it's okay for us to speak into their life, about it because yes again like if you're if you're a connect group leader and you've got a group of teenagers and one of them is praying I'm not telling you to like be like as soon as they say amen be like listen you are terrible at praying <laughs> no but bring them aside and and walk through some of that with them and express this is what what I'm noticing and I care about you and I care about your walk with Jesus and I care about your growth and I want to see you take life changes because of Jesus one step at a time like can we talk about this? Yeah, um, and you can do that with your kids too. And I think that that's a big deal um, that parents need to remember is that you need to be praying with your kids out loud. Yes, let them hear you pray. Absolutely, and listen to them pray um, because I'm sure my son is not old enough to do that, <laughs> but I've heard children pray and it's a pretty sweet thing. <laughs> so, uh, and I, so yeah, I think that. Um, understanding that prayer is learned, and that we as adults have a really big role in that for younger people.
1: Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So I think that wraps up our discussion on the prayer chapter of spiritual disciplines for the Christian life. Um, I hope that you guys gleaned some important information. At the end of the day, um, you can listen to us talk about prayer, <laughs> but you need to pray. Yep. Um, and hopefully this this we. We're able to give you some important tools for how to make that a regular part of your life. So Dakota, it is time for our recommendation. Yes, it is. So what recommendation do you have for us today?
0: Okay, my recommendation today is a little weird, Um, but uh, my friend Connor, uh, many of you probably know who he is. He came over to my house like a week ago or something like that, and we washed my truck. Um, because I have a pressure washer, but he has all the the good like car washing stuff, and that stuff is Chemical Guys car wash, or Chemical Guys is a brand. Um, but they have a whole line of different things to wash your car, to detail your car, and stuff like that. Well, he's got this thing; it's called a foam, uh, a foam gun, a that, foam gun. Yeah. So it attaches to your pressure washer, and you put the washing solution in that. And then you turn it all on, and you can adjust how much foam comes out of it. And let me tell you something. It sounds
1: like a, a student ministry game waiting to happen. This
0: is amazing. Not that you should shoot people with a pressure washer. That would be really bad, and it would hurt them. This is amazing because when you spray this stuff on, it's like super high-quality car wash stuff. You spray it on, and it kind of sits on your car for a second, and then it just kind of... Slowly runs down, like, it's like when the you car throw... wash
1: version of watching paint dry
0: no, um it's like when you throw a pickle up against a, a window that was on a McDonald's sandwich and you see which one will slide down faster <laughs> <laughs> um, that's kind of what it reminds me of, but like it it's cool because it sits there and then all of a sudden you hear it like dripping off and it sounds like you know what it sounds like when there's a really big snow and everything's quiet and you can hear the snow landing? yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. that's exactly what it sounds like when this stuff is falling off your car. <laughs> And then you, of course, you spray it off and wrench, you do the whole wash. But this stuff is awesome. I am really right now trying to convince my wife to let me buy a kit from them. It's not the cheapest thing in the world. I think it's 100 bucks, and you get a bucket. You get the foamer. You get an array of different uh, washes. You get uh, a couple of rags and a brush or scrubber thing. But I really want it. It's really awesome. I've used it. And my truck is has never been cleaner.
1: So why should somebody do this as opposed to just taking it to the car wash?
0: Well, so when you go to the car wash, you're gonna scratch your paint. You are you? It might are not you though. It, it might not be noticeable. Just. A little bit, but over time, you will see that it degrades your paint. Whereas this kind of stuff, it has protectant in there. It it seals your paint at times. Like you can do other different things. Do you use brushes at all? Oh yeah. Okay. Or not like a brush; it's like a, a glove that goes on, and you literally do it by hand. I mean, it's a it's more work. Don't get me wrong.
1: And I how have, long how long does it take to wash your truck?
0: Uh, with just the wash, without doing any kind of like paint protecting or wiping down, it took me and Connor did it together, and it took like forty minutes. How long is the whole process? If you did everything and. In- if you also did the inside, too, and detailed everything, it'd probably take two and a half, three hours. <laughs> oh, what? But you've got to enjoy that.
1: <laughs> two and a half to three hours to wash your car?
0: Okay. It's not just to wash your car. It's to extend the life of your paint and your interior. Are you really... How old is your truck? My truck is actually 20
1: years old. Are you, at this point, really interested in extending the life of your truck? Yes.
0: The yes. paint of your truck? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm actually about to take all the trim off and repaint the trim. So, <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> there's, a, there's a reason that my truck is as old as it is and it looks as good as it does. It's because I do things like this. Two
1: and a half
0: to three hours. Does Connor do that? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Where
1: does he find time for this? There's things called Weekends. <laughs> Y'all don't have – they don't have kids. You have one kid that is one year old. I'll, I'm, I I want to make a bet with you. You will buy me lunch, and I will buy you lunch if if either one of us loses this bet. All right? Are you about to gamble on a church yes. podcast? Yes, I am. Five years from now, when you have, like, five kids, yeah, and all your kids are, like, you know, five and four and three and two and one. Right. I want to know if you are spending two and a half to three hours washing your truck at that point in time in life.
0: Okay, so at that point, they're gonna help. Oh, they're gonna <laughs> help, and and you think the car wash is more likely to scratch your car? Yes, because I'm gonna teach them how to not do that. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you spend if you spend that time doing this, you don't have to do that every time because the way this stuff works. And the way, if you, you will have to do that on the front end a few times. It's kind of like going to a chiropractor. When you first go, they're going to be like, hey, I need you to come back weekly. But then over time, it's like, okay, I don't have to do this as often. I don't have to do all these steps. So... At some point, once you've done the seal and you've protected your paint and all of that stuff, then you're only going to wash your car, and you don't need to do that every single week because of the stuff that's in it causes dirt and grime and stuff to kind of roll off. Where So your car washes are only going to take 20 minutes or 30 minutes because you're only foaming and spraying, you know what I'm saying, rather than having to w- maybe wax or gotcha. do a clay bar and do the interior and all bar? that stuff. Yeah, I'm not not going to get into all this right now. Okay. (laughs) It's too much. This is a world
1: that I know nothing about because I'm lazy.
0: (laughs) Oh, my. So, yeah. So, I recommend Chemical Guys stuff. Um, There's a few other things. Connor's much more educated on this. I'm actually learning some of these things from him. Um, So, yeah. If you want to know more about car wash stuff, go talk to Connor. Um, But we are pretty much out of time. So... Thanks, everybody, for taking some time to listen to us talk about stuff. Um, You can interact with us. Like if you tell us about how your prayer life is going, interact with us on our Instagram page or Facebook. It's uh, on the spot. You can find it. It's really simple. Uh, You can listen to us at any point or any place that podcasts are found. Make sure that you, if you're on iTunes or Spotify, give us a rating. Make sure that you've subscribed to that so that you get alerts when we uh, put new episodes up. Uh, you can also interact with us by sending us an email if you like. If you have questions uh, that about prayer or about something we've talked about, or maybe it's something we haven't, you can send that to on the spot at spotswood.org. So we would love to hear from you, uh, but we will be back in a couple weeks to talk about more stuff that matters. So.